Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to the ECM podcast. I'm Caroline Fontanieu, and I'm very happy to host this series that will take you behind the scenes of new music on ECM Records. In this new episode, I have the pleasure to meet again with legend John Schofield to discuss his new trio double album, Uncle John's Band. John talks about all kinds of music that he loves, the joy of playing with friends, and how to turn anything into a jazz song. My first question was about how fun it was to record this album. Well, you know, it's um, playing music is, is the great, one of the greatest joys of my life, and, and uh, even more than when I was younger, I think. Now, I really do enjoy it and see it as a celebration every time I get to play. And I really love playing with my friends, you know, with other musicians. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, in, in that way, it really, really was fun. And, and we got to, you know, this, this trio, we've played together a bunch. So, you know, I had a lot of uh, possibilities for, for material. And that was fun, too, you know, to get to, to play all these different songs. But uh, yeah, I think that um, you realize how it has to be fun in order for it to be successful, yeah. this kind of music, you yeah. know. And if you take it too seriously and it's, it's uptight and, and, and not fun, it, something gets lost. Can you fake the fun? Well, you gotta, sometimes you have to fake it till you make it, you yeah. know. <laughs> you might be having a bad day. And, well, that, you know, that, you, you make a mistake and you can't let it throw you, you know. You always have to, to look on the positive side, I think. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, mistakes are not the opposite of fun. But, yeah. uh, I mean, you can have bad nights, of yeah. course. You can have, like, terrible audiences or yeah. just, like... A shitty day that turns into a bad night yeah. but like in studio do you think that the the listener can tell if you're faking well yes i think that uh it's good when it's good and when it's not you're kind of faking it and yeah. and uh for me uh i'm i think it's subtle and and probably a lot of people can't tell but it makes a huge difference you know if everybody's sort of in tune with each other all the musicians you know if we're on the same wavelength Luckily, that's what happened uh, on this record. Yeah, yeah, it feels very free and. and yeah, nice. and 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 like I said, it's got to be fun. Otherwise, it does come through that it's just work, you know, and then that's yeah. no good. Yeah. Did Did you have um, an overall vision initially of no. the album, or like? <laughs> Not really. You... My overall vision was for us to make good music together. Mm -hmm as a trio. And I had just been out on tour for a month with another one of my groups, this Yankee Go Home project, yeah. that Vicente is also the bass player in that group. And we got off the plane, and and I knew I wanted to, to go in the studio when I was uh, kind of in shape, you know. And uh, so we went right in the studio, and um, the idea was to record all this music that we'd been playing over the years, mm -hmm. and that I'd been playing and songs that I liked. And that was the only concept, really. Yeah. And of course, I looked at the program and thought, well, you know, you can't have two pieces that are exactly the same or what, you know. And there has to be slow, fast, medium, different grooves and all that. I always think like that anyway, whether it's a concert or, yeah. or a record or whatever. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, all of your albums, 
I think I can say that about all of your albums, have this thought out, like curated Mm. Uh, vibe. You know, remember when we were making? I say we, but <laughs> we're almost the same age, right? So <laughs> when we were, <laughs> I'm the same age as you times two. But yeah, <laughs> when we were making mixtape, like you know, like it, it feels like there's there's always this vibe. Yeah, you did that when you made a mixtape, right? Exactly. Yeah. You just like it's a very curated, yeah. like yeah. collection of tunes, mm -hmm. um, and you do that when you're performing live too you know yeah. because you want to uh, you don't want to bore yourself and you have to use yourself as the as the kind of you know thermometer to see to see if it's working you know if you're engaged uh, then then there's a good chance that some of the audience will be and um, and so you just played a fast loud song so you play something soft you know and that that makes the mood different and makes makes people interested makes you interested Are you more thinking about yourself or and or the band or the listener? Meaning like when you create this list of tunes for an album or for a show, yeah. is it because you well, want it to be fun for you or are you like adapting to the... The music's always for everybody, me first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and I, I really think the rule is that I have to please myself. Mm. And, and it, that sounds selfish, but... We have to, in order for the music to be good and be something you want to put out there, you have to love it, and then hopefully other people will love it too, you know. And the other thing is, about the programming of this record, um, I always think that there has to be a variety of music, but Manfred Eicher did the program. He did the sequence. The sequence, yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, he didn't tell us what to play. I sent him all the music that we felt like playing, and, and he thinks very really well programmatically like that yeah. which in a way I can't tell after a while I mean I know we need a certain variety Shape, yeah. but then I can't listen objectively to the performance and that's that's where he has really helped on, on this nice. and the last couple of records as well too yeah. for were, were there songs that were recorded that didn't make it onto the album? Yeah there's one um, song I wrote uh, that doesn't even have a name yet that Um, I need to improve on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so that didn't make it, but everything that's else the is there. One? Okay. And you know, that's the other thing is I didn't know this was going to be a double CD. I ju we just kept recording all the tunes we felt like playing, mm -hmm. and then it, they worked. They all worked out except that one. You know. But you had your list, or is there any tune that came up with like, oh, let let let's play Mr. Tambourine? <laughs> yeah. Or was it was it planned? Like, no, it was planned yeah. because I I pick the the songs. And uh, and that you know I just sit down with my guitar and I, I or I'll hear a song and I'll learn it you yeah. know and uh, like on Mr. Tambourine Man uh, um, uh, when I was a kid I really liked this song um, because it was a long time ago that that was a hit record by yeah. the Birds yeah. and so it's different from Bob Dylan's version I mean it's completely different but the the little guitar harmony with the two notes were the ones that I think the birds were singing. Their harmony vocal line I played on the guitar. Yeah, so no, I, I play them all by myself first and see if they uh, sound good on the guitar.
to write a few blurbs for every track on yeah. the, in the yeah. booklet of this album, mm -hmm. which is really nice. Like it really gives some perspective and just like insight and yeah. you know, that was your idea? Uh, actually no, they asked me in Munich yeah. and they the said, label. because I had done it before. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I, I like to do it, but you know, I like liner notes too, yeah. you know, I like to, to see what people say about the songs. Yeah. I, I've always, you know, since I was a kid when I had albums. Does it uh, make you hear the music differently when you I read? don't know, but it makes me learn more about the music, so, you know, it's hard to know if it, if it makes you listen differently, but... Uh, Especially when it's coming from the uh, creator, you know, it's or from the artist, you yeah. know. <laughs> I I always like to listen to an album before reading the liner notes, yeah. and then read them and <laughs> listen again. Yeah. And I realize yeah. that there is always like a different perspective. In, sure. In yeah. Knowing all those things. This is a collection. There are fourteen songs. Seven and seven. Wow, 14. Uh, you did a lot of stuff. Wow. Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great double album. What were you saying earlier? It's your first double album ever. Yes, I never, nobody ever let me make a double album. Look no, but at th you. this is the first time, too, that I had enough music because yeah. because there, we just had a lot of songs to play. So A lot yeah. of first times with ECM. That's cool. Yeah. I want to talk about the covers and I want to talk about your compositions. About the covers. How did you come up with this list? So, you know, the covers are mostly songs that I liked as a kid, actually. You grew up with. But, but you know, you want to find stuff to turn into jazz. Mm -hmm. That's, so the, the important, one of the important things, maybe the most important thing, is where you can go with the song yeah. when you improvise and when, as a group, you, you take off, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and so it has to work that way. And uh, with... The songs Mr. Tambourine Man and Uncle John's Band, both those, those are like rock classics, yeah. you know. <laughs> But we were able to, for some reason, and the way like Vicente and Bill can play, we were able to kind of play free jazz yeah. on, on these songs, you know. And we took them and then, you know, would play the song and then that would lead us into some really open, free communication as a trio. Uh, so that's... One of the that's why I knew I could do these songs with these guys because I knew we could stretch like that. Yeah, it's a really fun collection. But yeah, I I chose the songs that I like. So so it's you know it's both my originals and covers. Yeah. You know what they call covers now, and 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 the songs are songs that I've known for a long time, like Mr. Tambourine Man since I was a kid, Uncle John's Band. Um, I got into that because I, uh, I I was never a deadhead. And I know people are going to think, oh, this is a Grateful Dead cover album or, or tribute album. It's, <laughs> it's actually not. It's just like, when else am I going to have a chance to call a record Uncle John's Band? My name is John. It's my band. Maybe I'm your uncle. Who knows? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and one of the songs we recorded was called Uncle John's Band. But, but I... I, and as a kid, I wasn't a deadhead. I was into other stuff. Then I became a jazz fanatic, you know. But, you know, 15 years ago or 20 years ago, I'm not even sure, I started to play some with Phil Lesh, the, mm -hmm. the bassist from The Grateful Dead, yeah. who would call me to play with his Phil Lesh and friends. And it's been so much fun to, to sort of look at that music and have to learn those songs. And this is one of the ones that, I, that really stuck with me, that I really like yeah. uh, as a composition. And, and I've learned... Here, late in life, that that 
Jerry Garcia and Robert Hunter wrote some really nice songs, but this is the only one that we ended up playing. The songs that you say that you can turn them into jazz. Yeah. Are you looking at the chords before deciding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. all that. I mean, whatever mood it gets to, it doesn't mean that it has to swing... Uh, you know, and be no, like a standard. But yeah, I'm, you know, on both Uncle John and Mr. Tambourine Man, it was sort of more that there was just this key center that we could play around with and play really freely with. We right. didn't follow the forms of yeah. the songs. Yeah. And so on both of those, it seemed to work like that. On other ones, on the Neil Young song that we mm. do, Old Man, There's just one little part of the song that has these two chords that I really like. And um, it's the very beginning. Oh, man, look at my life. Mm -hmm. I'm a lot like you were. That's just two chords, like F major 7 to D major 7. Mm -hmm. They are three-bar phrases if you look at it kind of in double time. And so we, we took those six bars, and that turned into the thing for improvisation. So there we weren't playing free jazz, you know, like we were on Mr. Tambourine Man and Uncle John's Band. There we were following this form. So yes, on Old Man, which is a song I really liked, always loved Neil Young, and especially that song. Um, but that had this little section that then we could stretch out on. are a little like welcome to my world invitation right yeah but your originals have those little hints of very autobiographical of course but also something very very inviting i feel oh that's um, nice well i like melody you yeah. know i mean I, i i i realize that some people when they become quote-unquote jazz musicians they get involved in other aspects in music and But I, I really do like a really nice, a melody. nice melody. And, and and you know, the composers that I admire, you know, in jazz and, in, and elsewhere, you know, whether it's Richard Rodgers or, you know, Paul McCartney or or, uh, or Monk, you know, and, yeah, Wayne Shorter, all these guys, it's just these, these melodies, you know. You mentioned Paul McCartney as a good songwriter. I think he's really a good songwriter. <laughs> um, but... It's only American composer. Oh my God! On this album, that's not on purpose. No, <laughs> um, I didn't mean to do that. But I'm a patriot. No, I, 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 uh, <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, that's what I mean, it was not. That was, I, I have to quickly go record some Berlioz or something. You know, it's a little Beethoven in yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna add some French. Please yeah. add some French to Exactly. Too. exactly. <laughs> Um, so we, we said it earlier, the title is uh, the last track of this uh, double album, and it's a Grateful Dead cover, it's a Grateful Dead tune. You said you were, you're not a fan fan. Yeah, I, I wasn't a deadhead as a right. kid, while yeah. others were, you know, completely into that world. I wasn't, and, and uh, my rock and roll period was sort of more Jimi Hendrix and the blues and B.B. Mm. King, you know. But then I got into jazz, and, I, and so I just sort of missed the Grateful Dead. I was aware of them, 
because they came out when I was a hippie little kid in mm -hmm. like 1968. Yeah. I was at their first Amer uh, New York concert. Oh, wow. Which was in Tompkins Square Park <laughs> in New York City in 1967. Amazing. And, uh, but I was there to hear the opening act which was the Blues Project, Al Cooper's band, which yes. uh, which I really liked. I, I, I sort of just wasn't, didn't know about the dead, you know, and, and uh, was just into other kinds of music and came to appreciate them like 10 years ago when I had to learn all these songs to play with this nice guy who wanted yeah. me to play with them, Phil Lesh, <laughs> who's my friend, who loves improvised music. Yeah, and the and dead jazz. always did that, of you course. know. But I want to talk a little bit about the relationship with jam bands. Mm -hmm. You're always going back and coming back to jazz because mm -hmm. it's your music. Mm -hmm. uh, but you've always had a relationship with jam bands. You know, and, and, and both ways. You know, I don't even even before there were jam bands, there was rock and roll and the guitar. And that's where I started. And and always the cool stuff that I would hear bands playing was when they would stretch out and it was kind of jazzy. Mm -hmm. But these were rock and roll musicians, yeah. you know, whether it was the band I just talked about, the Blues Project, or, or you know, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Mm -hmm. and, and then funk. I always liked funk, you yeah. know. And so all these areas, I was, you know, and then fusion started, you right, know, right. in 1970 or yeah. something, right when I was becoming a jazz kid. And, and I've always you know, related to backbeat rock and roll music. I love the the original rock and roll, you know, and, and Little Richard and Chuck Berry, you know, I, I love that song. Yeah, and Buddy Holly. But, like, you you are a huge influence and hero for Trey Anastasio from Fish or Dave Matthews. Like, mm -hmm. talk about you as their number one influence. Mm -hmm. And especially, which I think is interesting, your Miles years, your sound yeah. with Well, it Miles. turns out that the Miles stuff people liked. And, uh, okay, I think Phil Lesh said it best. <laughs> Phil said when the Dead played opposite Miles in, like, 1971 or mm -hmm. something, you know, at the Fillmore or at Winterland, one of those places, Phil said, we heard what Miles was doing, and it's what the Dead wanted to do but couldn't really do, <laughs> and Miles could do it. Right. And I, that just it was so beautiful that Phil put it that way, and I think, yeah, you know, jazz musicians, and it wasn't just Miles, but the guys that Miles surrounded himself yeah. with who loved that funky beat and were jazz musicians, Joe yeah. Zawinul, yeah. Keith Jarrett, yeah, um, Wayne Shorter, all these guys, you know, they, they were uh, hip to that, and um, that's right when I came on the scene, you know, when that music was happening yeah. and... and uh, Did Miles listen to that? Oh, yeah. That's when I started playing with Miles. One time he called up my house and Susan answered the phone and we had working on, working and steaming, old Miles, and he said, turn that shit off, <laughs> you know? And, you know, it's still maybe my favorite music, Miles, sorry. But Miles was, was really trying to just incorporate rock and roll into his music yeah. and pop music and, and looking to that because he just didn't want to be old and he did not want to be <laughs> he, never a, uh, uh, he didn't want to be a relic at all
of the trio? I mean, I met Bill in uh, 1990 and we yeah, started playing together. So it was 30 years ago and, and we played together a whole lot. I probably played with him more than, uh, certainly more than any other drummer during that period of time. And I think he's a, a real giant on, on his instrument and in music. Um, his talent is, to me, is pretty staggering. You know, how, just how easy music is for him. <laughs> and uh, and he's a, a poet on the drums. You know, the way he uh, constructs music and, and the way he shades the musicians he's playing with and, and, and helps it all come together and plays as part of a group um, with a, a, an intelligence that's... Uh, um, uh, really, really awesome, mm. and uh, I feel very lucky to have gotten to play. I've learned so much from playing with Bill over the years, yeah. and Vicente. I haven't played with as much, but it's been years now. You know, at least oh, seven years or yeah. something that I've been playing with Vicente a lot, and and he's got a, an immense talent and a, and a huge scope. He knows everything, and he. Um, I think we're like-minded in that. We like a lot of the same stuff, and and he's wants the music to be very expensive, but he lives in the pocket, in the groove, you know, and uh, that's so important. And so does Bill. So so these guys, you know, I rely on them to keep it together, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and they're but at the same time, they're groove players who are also really looking for a way to expand and to to let the music breathe and to, to by using your ears to let it go to a place that you never imagined where you're um, responding reflexively and uh, where things can happen that you couldn't do without each other on that journey you know and uh, that's what I, I love about playing with them and I look forward to to more, and I look forward to m myself just opening up more, so that it can really just go to a place that I wouldn't think of by myself. That we can do as a group. What's your relationship with the trio format? I mean, it's special. I mean, I love playing with other guys too. That where you get you know a bigger sound, but the trio, you know, guitar can be. Uh, an accompanist and a lead voice and kind of both at once, you know, not quite in the way the piano can, but it's a challenge, you know. And then you get a great bass player like Vicente who can, who can solo, you know, and yeah. be be the lead voice too. And so it's all there. And then Bill plays drums not just like a beat keeper. He's uh, playing uh, accompaniment and uh, dialogue with you all the time. Yeah and uh, in, a, in a really musical way so that it all makes sense. Field about his new ECM trio album, Uncle John's Band. Thank you for joining, choosing, and listening to our ECM podcasts. I'm Caroline Fontanier, and I look forward to sharing more music with you in the next episode.